Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at www.yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome, and today's episode is entitled, Honoring God Through Our Finances. You know, that's a sensitive subject for many, and uh, as I was preparing for our episode today, I was truly, truly convicted. But let me start out by saying in our society, and that's not just in the United States, I suspect, but all over the world, it is not normal to step down. So you may say, well, Naja, what do you mean by stepping down? Well, once a certain level of income, spending, and lifestyle is attained, most people will go into debt in order to maintain that level. Stepping down to an affordable level of living or an affordable lifestyle is oftentimes considered failure. But when you think about if you're in poverty, the issue usually is very black and white, either you have or you don't have. And generally speaking, this is generally speaking now, people who have worries and anxieties about their possessions, it's because they fear the loss of things not because of the lack of things. Today I want to talk about the importance of establishing a reasonable standard of living that encompasses a lifestyle and spending habits, a reasonable style of living that is based on conviction and not circumstances. But before I get into the meat of our episode, I always like to go over the promotional material, and I'll just read that to you briefly because it was shorter. It was shorter this time than it normally is, but it goes on to say, everything we own and have is a gift from God. He has made us overseers and expects us to be good stewards, not only over our finances, but also our resources, time, and talents. Believe it or not, there are biblical principles for financial stewardship. Matthew 6.33 basically promises that God will provide enough stuff and money for those who put his kingdom first, and that's paraphrased, of course. Overall, it's another opportunity for us to trust God in one more area of our lives. So I want to go through 10 principles that I want you and I to consider But before I start, I want to say that all stuff and money belongs to God. Like I said before, we owe nothing. Everything we have belongs to him. And in Psalm 24 and 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And then Psalm 56 and 3 says, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Sometimes our finances can bring about trepidation, fear, doubt, discouragement, despair, you name it. Uh, I think if you live long enough, you might get there, and most of us have already been there. 
So when we find ourselves in a situation where we are afraid, we can always go to the Lord and trust in the Lord. So the first principle is God is source. God is our source. In Philippians 4.19, it says, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then in Proverbs 8, 20 through 21, it says, God leads the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. And then in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you will always have all sufficiency in all things, that you may abound in every good work. So prayer is the answer when we need. When we're in need of something, all we have to do is just beseech God and, and talk to him and let him know what our needs are. Uh, he already knows, but let us acknowledge that he knows that we want him to consider what our request might be. And, and then, above all, God's grace enables us to earn the dollars that we need. You know, but we have to make sure that some of these principles I'm talking about, if not all of them, are in effect. The second principle is giving is essential. In Luke 6.38, excuse me, 638, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give to you. For with the same measure that you meet others with, it shall be measured to you again. And then in Deuteronomy 14:23 it says one pur- purpose of tithing was to teach the children of Israel to put God first in their lives. And then Proverbs 3 verses 9 through 10 it says honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase so our barns will be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst with new wine. And then in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 it says we always basically we always want to excel in our giving. You know, giving to the Lord's ministry is a privilege. It's an investment and it's voluntary. God is not twisting our arm. No one else is twisting our arm or saying you must do this. It's voluntary. And then we give generously with a cheerful heart and we give as we prosper. We give as we prosper. The third principle is live on margin. Okay, live on margin simply means allowing room for things to happen. You know those unexpected events that occur. It could be with a vehicle. It could be with your home. It could be whatever. It could be your health, unexpected, something that was unplanned. And oftentimes when we encounter those unexpected occurrences, they can throw us off financially. We are borrowing or we're going into debt or we're whatever, taking away from something else to take care of this, especially if we, if we need a vehicle and our vehicle breaks down and it's going to cost more money than we have to repair it, we might say, well, I won't pay this bill, but I'll go ahead and get my vehicle fixed. So live on margin. And so really what that is saying is not only are you allowing for room, uh, room for things to happen, but you're also going to live within your means, and not above the amount of money that you're bringing in. And then if you have an emergency, you'll be in a better position. I'll be in a better position to respond, and and it won't put us further in the hole or further further into debt. The fourth principle is the Bible backs the savings plan. So in Proverbs 22 and 3, it says, A prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the simple passes on and are punished. 
How many of you, my listeners today, have ever heard of the 80-20 rule? It's something that I was introduced to back in the 80s. I had never heard it. Certainly I've heard of tithing 10%, which would leave 90% of of your income to live on. But the 80-20 rule was a little different, and this is what it presented. It presented that you live off of 80% of your gross income, that you tithe 10% of your gross gross income, and save 10% of your gross income. So I thought that was quite interesting. And then, see, if you have one of those situations where something occurs that's unexpected, if you have a little money stashed away, you'll be able to uh, tap into those resources and, and not make yourself go further into debt or into a hole. I started, when I was self-employed back in the latter 80s or early 90s, I started a, a SEP IRA. I can't tell you what the SEPP SEP stands for, but the IRA stands for the Individual Retirement Account. And I remember the financial representative suggested that I start out with $25 a month. Well, I thought that was unheard of at the time, being self-employed and my income wasn't that great. I was a single mom, and I had two boys that I was rearing. I just thought that was unheard of. But I purposed and intentionally uh, set out to do that, and I was able to accomplish it. And then when I closed the business and went back into the workforce, I had a little stash that I, uh, you know, didn't really realize that I had built up at the time. So with some determination and some discipline, uh, savings, uh, you know, can happen. The fifth principle is keep out of debt. Stay out of debt. Remain out of debt. Psalm 37.21 says, The wicked borrows and does not repay. Proverbs 22 and 7 says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So you don't want to get in a situation where you borrow and you don't pay. If you've committed to paying off something, you've entered in some sort of verbal agreement or contract, you want to make sure that you keep your word. You want your word to be your bond. And then as you look at Proverbs 22 and 7, it says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. For every lender or creditor you have, you are a servant to them. So it's, it's, it's best to, to stay out of debt, keep out of debt, and remain out of debt if you can. My parents grew up during the Great Depression in the United States, and those were the years of 1929 through 1933. The market crashed, banks closed, people were without jobs, people were without uh, money, and it was just um, – uh, something that we probably haven't experienced yet, uh, again, I should say, in, in our time. But during that time, people uh, just didn't have any faith in the in the bank system, the financial institutions. And my parents walked away from that uh, being uh, young, but learning from uh, being a part of that whole experience. They walked away and learned to do the cash and carry principle. So they didn't have credit cards and they weren't in debt. And uh, they would buy what they could at that time, and that was it. Now they tell you to buy now and pay later, and that's a very unwise habit. The sixth principle is secret of contentment. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with the things that you have. For he said, that's God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then in 2 Corinthians 6 and 10, it says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, 
as having nothing and yet possessing all things. So just think, some may see us as poor, but we're rich in Christ Jesus. Some may see us that, see that, that we have nothing, but yet we possess all things. Uh, salvation, eternal life, we could go on and on. Here's a statement that I would like for you to consider. Use it up, wear it out, make it do, and do without. The seventh principle is keep records or establish a household budget. Proverbs 23, 23 says, Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. And then Proverbs 24, 3 through 4 says, By knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Develop a household budget and separate out the wants from the needs. Make your plans. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Keep your records and then compare them year after year and see how God is blessing you and how once you institute some of these biblical principles and pray over your finances, how your money seems to grow in leaps and bounds. Principle number eight is don't co-sign. And I know that's a sensitive subject because a lot of parents get into co-signing for their children. But Proverbs 27, 13 says, The scripture implies that the poorest credit risk is the one who agrees to pay a stranger's debt. Now, our children are not strangers. But think about it. When you co-sign a note, you are the one who is really borrowing the money. The reason a co-signer is needed is because the lender is not willing to take a credit risk risk and lend the money to the person who is requesting it. Principle number nine is work hard. Proverbs Proverbs fourteen twenty three says, He that tills his land will have plenty of bread. And then Proverbs twenty eight nineteen says, He that follows after vain persons shall have poverty enough. And so we want to say that uh, the honest uh, hard work is God's usual expectation, and if you don't work, you don't eat. We are to work with our hands and to work unto the Lord. Principle number 10 is seek God's counsel before you make any major decisions regarding your finances. Pray about it and seek God's counsel. So, in closing, God will assign Christians at every economic level And on whatever level he has placed you, live within your economic parameters established and supplied by him. Just having abundance is not a sign of God's blessings. God's abundance is without sorrow and is for the purpose of bringing others to Christ. Don't worry about money. God will supply your needs. God's love for money, the the, the love for money is the root of all evil. Be aware of greed Don't worry about food and clothes, and just trust God for all things. And with that, I want to say God bless you. May he keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We will talk again in a couple of weeks.